welcome everyone to Understanding the I Am That Is You podcast. Yay! Hey everybody, it's your girl Wynn Ruffin, and I pray all is well with everyone, and your hearts and minds are full of love, joy, and compassion for yourselves and everyone else all over the world. And no matter what's going on around us, good or bad, let us all push on a little further in love. And with our heads up and hearts open, stand firm and remain confident in our own mighty I Am Presence. Because it is the spirit of the living God within us. And it will never, ever fail us. No matter what comes to pass, if only we believe. Amen. Give thanks and praises for love and life. And y'all be loved. In the past God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways, but in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. For to which of the angels did God ever say, You are my son, today I have become your father? Or again, I will be his father, and he will be my son? And again, when God brings his firstborn into the world, he says, Let all God's angels worship him. In speaking of the angels he says, He makes his angels spirits, and his servants flames of fire. But about the son he says, Your throne, O God, will last forever and ever, a scepter of justice will be the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness, therefore God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. He also says, In the beginning, Lord, you laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain, they will all wear out like a garment. You will roll them up like a robe, like a garment they will be changed. But you remain the same, and your years will never end. To which of the angels did God ever say, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet? Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? Hebrews 1 We must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away. For since the message spoken through angels was binding, and every violation and disobedience received its just punishment, How shall we escape if we ignore so great a salvation? This salvation, which was first announced by the Lord, was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God also testified to it by signs, wonders and various miracles, and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. It is not to angels that he has subjected the world to come, about which we are speaking. But there is a place where someone has testified, What is mankind that you are mindful of them, a son of man that you care for him? You made them a little lower than the angels, you crowned them with glory and honor and put everything under their feet. In putting everything under them, God left nothing that is not subject to them. 
yet at present we do not see everything subject to them. But we do see Jesus, who was made lower than the angels for a little while, now crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. In bringing many sons and daughters to glory, it was fitting that God, for whom and through whom everything exists, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through what he suffered. Both the one who makes people holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. So, Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. He says, I will declare your name to my brothers and sisters, in the assembly I will sing your praises. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, he says, here am I, and the children God has given me. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is, the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. For surely it is not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. For this reason, he had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Hebrews 2 Isis Unveil, Chapter 15 Spheres unknown below our feet, spheres still more unknown and still more unexplored above us, between the two a handful of moles, blind to God's great light, and deaf to the whispers of the invisible world, boasting that they lead mankind. Where? Onward, they claim, but we have a right to doubt it. The greatest of our physiologists, when placed side by side with a Hindu fakir, who knows neither how to read nor write, will very soon find himself feeling as foolish as a schoolboy who has neglected to learn his lesson. It is not by vivisecting living animals that a physiologist will assure himself of the existence of man's soul, nor on the blade of the knife can he extract it from a human body. What sane man, inquires Sergeant Cox, the president of the London Psychological Society, what sane man who knows nothing of magnetism or physiology, who had never witnessed an experiment nor learned its principles, would proclaim himself a fool by denying its facts and denouncing its theory. The truthful answer to this would be, two-thirds of our modern-day scientists. The impertinence, if truth can ever be impertinent, must be laid at the door of him who uttered it, a scientist of the number of those few who are brave and honest enough to utter wholesome truths, however disagreeable. And there is no mistaking the real meaning of the imputation, for immediately after the irreverent inquiry, the learned lecturer remarks as pointedly. The chemist takes his electricity from the electrician, the physiologist looks to the geologist for his geology, each would deem it an impertinence in the other if he were to pronounce judgment in the branch of knowledge not his own. Strange it is, but true is strange, that this rational rule is wholly set at naught in the treatment of psychology. Physical scientists deem themselves competent to pronounce a dogmatic judgment upon psychology and all that appertains to it, without having witnessed any of its phenomena, and in entire ignorance or its principles and practice. We sincerely hope that the two eminent biologists, Mr. Mendeleev, of St. Petersburg and Mr. Ray Lancaster, of London fame, will bear themselves under the above as unflinchingly as their living victims do when palpitating under the dissecting knives. H. P. Blavatsky For a belief to have become universal, 
it must have been founded on an immense accumulation of facts, tending to strengthen it, from one generation to another. At the head of all such beliefs stands magic, or, if one would prefer, occult psychology. Who, those who appreciate its tremendous powers even from its feeble, half-paralyzed effects in our civilized countries, would dare disbelieve in our days the assertions of Porphyry and Proclus, that even inanimate objects, such as statues of gods, could be made to move and exhibit a factitious life for a few moments. Who can deny the allegation? Is it those who testify daily over their own signatures that they have seen tables and chairs move and walk and pencils write, without contact? Diogenes Laertius tells us of a certain philosopher, Stilpo, who was exiled from Athens by the Areopagus, for having dared to deny publicly that the Minerva of Phidias was anything else than a block or marble. But our own age, after having mimicked the ancients in everything possible, even to their very names, such as senates, prefects, and consuls, etc., and after admitting that Napoleon the Great conquered three-fourths of Europe by applying the principles of war taught by the Caesars and the Alexanders, knows so much better than its preceptors about psychology, that it would vote every believer in animated tables into Bedlam. Be this as it may, the religion of the ancients is the religion of the future. A few centuries more, and there will linger no sectarian beliefs in either of the great religions of humanity. Brahmanism and Buddhism, Christianity and Mohammedanism will all disappear before the mighty rush of facts. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, writes the prophet Joel. Verily I say unto you, greater works than these shall you do, promises Jesus. But this can only come to pass when the world returns to the grand religion of the past, the knowledge of those majestic systems which preceded, by far, Brahmanism, and even the primitive monotheism of the ancient Chaldeans. Meanwhile, we must remember the direct effects of the revealed mystery. The only means by which the wise priests of old could impress upon the grosser senses of the multitudes, the idea of the omnipotency of the creative will or first cause, namely, the divine animation of inert matter, the soul infused into it by the potential will of man, the microcosmic image of the great architect, and the transportation of ponderous objects through space and material obstacles. H.P. Blavatsky The I Am Discourses, Volume 15 My dear ones, don't hesitate to keep calling forth the cosmic angels of cosmic Christ fire. There are limitless legions of the angelic host who could come to your assistance again and again as you draw forth. And I know that you are already feeling the closer approach of the angelic host in your daily recognition and acceptance of their presence. Just demand the visible, tangible presence of the angelic host who draw the cosmic Christ fire of eternal love into the physical octave and blaze those manifestations that compel mankind to see them. There is a certain acceptance in the mass feeling of mankind of angels. They do not admit it too much, but all life knows within itself there are such beings. Therefore, as you call forth the angels of cosmic Christ fire, the angels of cosmic Christ love, the angels of cosmic Christ victory to be with you always in all outer physical conditions, you will find your decrees answered very much more quickly. For when you demand this love, love answers on the instant. And know always that my cosmic heart is the fire of that love which I want to give you to set you free. If you make the call, I will give it, and when you receive it, you will find it does set you free. Beloved Godfrey I 
I just wanted to offer this, that it might enfold you as you return home to your destination, and make you feel that wherever we go, we are never apart, not an instant. That love holds command in, through, and around us all, and we pour it forth, wherever there is the slightest opportunity offered. May it watch between thee and me while we are absent one from another, and the flame of its everlasting victory bring you its choicest blessings, and clothe you in powers you know not of until you begin to use them in outer action. And then you will know what love has given and love will yet bestow, until it is your world, your pathway of light, your physical action, and your victory is assured wherever you abide. For the world is starving for this love, and life seeks it, and will receive it everywhere you pour it forth. Just go forward, and all that my cosmic heart can give shall attend you as a living flame to hold command about you and bring you blessings that I have long wanted to bestow. Tonight, may my love unlock the door to the glories of our octave, and let them flood to you all while you are yet unascended, that you may use them in greater power while yet in your physical conditions, and thus assist others to turn to the light, because the magnet of that love is coming stronger into the physical atmosphere of earth, to attract those who seek God and to serve God with love that sets them free. In the mantle of its everlasting flame do I clothe you tonight. One day you will know all that I mean when I have called you dear hearts of the light. I have held you in the flame of my cosmic heart. May its love speak to you whenever you need me, and give you the blessings of all eternity. Beloved Godfrey